Welcome to the Tech Heroes Podcast, powered by Intuit. I'm your host, Lucy Shen. I'm a tech evangelist, which means I work with technologists from across the globe to build an amazing tech culture here at Intuit. This podcast is about technologists, the tech that they're obsessed with, and the work that they're passionate about. Tech Heroes is produced by Riley Morales, and our editor is Mark Fassett. Be sure to subscribe to Tech Heroes on SoundCloud or iTunes so you can hear more amazing stories from technologists. To be featured or to nominate a tech hero, email techheroes at intuit.com. To learn more about careers at Intuit, visit intuit.com slash careers. Hello, Sylvia. Welcome to the Tech Heroes podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, Lucy. <laughs> I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's good to have you. This is our first time going on camera for a podcast, so I think we're both a little like getting used to it. So thank you for very courageously being our first test subject on this experiment. Well, thank you. I, I forgot that I was going to actually be seen, so I had to go and I'm like, okay, oh, I, I actually you. have to have to do my hair. Me too, me too. I was like, oh, let me find like my nicest sweater that isn't in the laundry right now. <laughs> Let's do a round of introductions, if that's all right. Would you mind introducing yourself, your role at Intuit, and then just as an icebreaker, are you more of a tea or a coffee person? Well, I am Sylvia Davis, and my role at Intuit is I am a senior customer experience specialist. And I'm in the, the customer experience team, but the customer experience team is actually part of a bigger team called customer success. And customer success what we do is we focus on the end-to-end customer experience. And that is everything from when the product team says that they're going to launch something right up until when it's actually launched and the customer is calling us because they have questions about it or we're just monitoring it to make sure that everything is going smoothly. And in customer experience, we I think... Um, we're a little bit different because, like I said, customer success is made up of a bunch of different teams. And customer experience, which is what I'm on, is one of those teams. And I think that we're a little bit different. And I feel kind of special being in that role because we actually get to almost touch every part of that end-to-end experience. Where, like I said, we get to be a part of, we're in the meetings when they're deciding what they want to put on the roadmap. To, to work on. We're there when the launch happens and we're monitoring everything when it goes out. We're in touch with the agents trying to find out if they have any struggles with the with anything that's going on in product. So it's 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 a special it's a special role to be in. And I am definitely coffee over tea, but cheap coffee. I don't do the $14 a bottle or cup Starbucks. I get it takes like eight minutes to even say the name of a lot. No, that's not me. I am a Keurig <laughs> Folgers black <laughs> first thing in the morning kind of person. Sounds like the the efficient coffee mindset is what works for you. Is that how it goes? <laughs> yes, I, I I try to watch watch what I eat and all of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, there's so many calories. and <laughs> But that's for another podcast. That's true. <laughs> we'll start a healthy eating podcast where all we do is talk about that. <laughs> but that's wonderful. Thank you so much for telling me about your role here. I actually, prior to talking to you, didn't even realize that our customer care specialists or customer success, right? Customer success specialists, mm-hmm. um, that you're involved in these like 
feature discussions and product discussions. Like I'd always somehow assumed that it was just, you were on the other side of that chat box if I had a question about how to use QuickBooks. And it was, that was the limit of your responsibilities, but I guess it's much more. Well, no, there, there's there's a lot of misunderstanding, I, I think, around what it is that our team does, which is why I'm glad we're having this discussion because we we actually are, we get to be that that customer in the room is sometimes when I first got this position and they were, they were like, no, we, we want to hear what you have to say. You're the one that's listening to the customers and, and monitoring what they say and reading their feedback. So it's really important. So when we are in those meetings and we're sitting there and we're listening and we're like, yep, we think you're right on, right on task there. Or according to what we've heard from the customers, they really want to see this in product. And they, the product teams, they really do come to us and they'll say, Sylvia, or whoever's on, whoever they're reaching out to, Julian, Matthew, Alex, they'll say, Jason, can you give us a list of what our customers are asking for? Because we, we all care. I mean, the, the product teams, they really want to make sure that the product is meeting customer expectation and demand. Yeah, that's really that's really good to know. I hope someday that I'll get to be a fly in the wall in one of these conversations because it sounds so fun. <laughs> um, you just rattled off a bunch of names there that I recognized. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> curious because I, well, I recognize them because we work together on something called the Care Jam, right? Which is part of our like onboarding program here at Intuit called Dev at Intuit. Um, could you tell the audience a little bit about how that Care Jam works and what exactly the purpose of it is? Awesome. Well, the Care Jam that you're referring to, it, it's a little bit different. We have different, it's, it's, been an evolution of the Care Jam per se. So there's the the Care Jam at its best is more like a two to five day process. And it's basically broken up into three parts. And that is where we, the first part is we build that customer empathy. We have the, the product teams come together and it could be anybody, developers, engineers, product managers, product developers, they come in and we, we use that first day to where we build customer empathy. And that can be either by listening to customer phone calls or actually taking customer phone calls, answering customer chats and lots of different ways that we get to interact with the customer. And we get to, or I should say at that point in time, they get to experience where the customer friction is firsthand. And they build pro- they build problem statements based on what they experienced that day. If something really strikes them and they're like, oh, this was really painful and I think I can, I think I can take care of this. Or even they might come armed with ideas already. But then the second to the third day of the of the care jam is where they get to work. They they actually start to work on those problem statements and they they get to to build out the solution to the problem that they heard the day before or maybe like I said the problem that they came into the care jam with. And a lot of times what this care jam does is it allows them time because it could be something that affects thousands hundreds of thousands of customers maybe, and it, and it is a pain point, but it may not be something that actually makes it to the roadmap. But during this care jam, it, that time is set aside for just such things. So then on the very last day of the care jam, that's where they kind of get to shine their light on what they did. We do, we do a demo and anybody and everybody that we can get to come and see what the product teams did during that short amount of time and what we're going to be able to launch and delight the customers with, that's what a full care jam is about. But 
what you were just talking about with Dev at Intuit, we do a very smaller, condensed version of a care jam. And in that particular circumstance, what we do is we affectionately call it VAS. It's an initialism for virtual agent shadowing. And, And what we do during that time is when the developers are there, we're on, we're, it's all virtual. And we actually bring in agents and we watch them as they work, as they take chats. So we're able to watch them and able to ask questions about anything from the tools that they're using to the questions that they're being asked and how they're answering them. And it, it really helps the developers very early on see how our customers interact with us and how our agents interact with them. Yeah, I feel like it's. I always say when I kick off the the jam, the care jam session during Devit into it, that it's actually probably my personal favorite session of our entire onboarding program. Just because I feel like it's amazing to start off on the right foot when you're. It's literally like their first month at Intuit that we're doing this with them, um, and we we talk so much about being customer centric and having customer empathy. And so this is like an actual exercise where we can demonstrate what it means to have customer empathy and to build customer empathy, and then to act on it as well, like with the problem statements that you mentioned, for example. So. Right. Really appreciate all the work that you do with our Care Jam team on that program. Yeah, I love I love being a part of that too. And I love watching or listening to the questions that come. Because you can really hear how the, these new developers are coming in. Like you said, it's their first month. And you get to hear them asking questions and, and hear their curiosity about, well, how would we better help this customer? How, why is that question even a thing? And, and it, it, it's encouraging to see that and to know that they're going to be a part of the team. Right, exactly. To see that the engineers care about the design questions and the the pain points that the customers feel. Yeah, it's reassuring. (laughs) Uh, This Care Jam stuff that we do is only just like a very small aspect of your day-to-day work, though. Uh, Can you tell me more about like what your actual day-to-day looks like as a customer success expert? No two days are the same. (laughs) This is a very, it's a very fun position to have and I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. As, as hard as I try to get into a very set schedule, because that's my preference, it, it, it doesn't really happen. Because I am seriously all the time trying to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening with our customers. And things can change at, at the drop of a hat. But to answer your question, I'm going to try and go with, let's say, what the beginning of the month looks like. And... Because those are the most, those are the days that are the most kind of set in stone things that I need to make sure that I get done. So probably what I would say is at the beginning of the month, I pull all of our PRS reviews. And PRS is a product recommendation score, I believe is what that stands for. And what that is, is all month long. And I, and I do monitor them throughout the week. So, so I don't just wait till the end of the month to look at them. But at the end of the month, uh, or I should say at the very beginning of the month, I gather all of those reviews from the previous month. And just for some context, I focus primarily on QuickBooks Self-Employed. We have different people who focus on QuickBooks Accounting and QuickBooks Advanced, but I focus primarily on QuickBooks Self-Employed. So I pull all of our scores from all of our reviews and scores from PRS for the previous month. I also look at all of our customer contacts. So what were our customers calling about? What were our customers chatting about? What did they need help with? I filter all of those things down to see, okay, what were the top themes 
What were the top themes in the reviews? Like when they when they scored us poorly, why? What did they say? Did was it because of a mileage issue or was it because of a banking issue? And I, I go through all of those and figure out what the top ones are and what it was about those that discouraged our customers at that point in time. I also go through app store reviews. So there's a lot of different listing posts that I I gather at the beginning of the month for the previous month. Once I have all of that, I use all of that information. I have to go through it. And sometimes it it means, not sometimes, every month, I end up having to read through hundreds of, of reviews to better get an idea of what our customers are actually saying to us about what went right, what didn't go so right in the previous month. And that's what the typical first week pretty much looks like because it takes a little while to compile all of that. And then once I have it all, I have to put it into a story that gets shared back with with leadership. So that is what the first few days look like now after we get past that. And of course, even during that, there could be other things that come up. Hey, Sylvia, can you get us a report for this? Or so, so that's not uncommon. But once we get past that, then the typical day becomes more like making sure that I'm in attendance for the, the different meetings where they're discussing if there's a product launch coming up or if there's a any any kind of issues, just kind of regular maintenance kind of cadence things. Um, also. Then I, I go to a weekly looking at different things, making sure nothing is bubbling up under the surface. Like if I see a lot of VOC around one issue and uh, that I can alert the teams and say, hey, we're getting a lot of calls or a lot of contacts about this. Is there something going on? And do I need to submit a work order about it? And kind of make the product teams aware that, uh, that there might be something going on. This is so fascinating to me. I used to, uh, for a bit of context, I used to work as a software engineer myself as well for about three and a half years. And the whole time, once in a while, we'd have to interface with uh, customer success experts. And I always wondered like what the processes actually were in terms of y'all noticing things like like the patterns that you just mentioned of like, is there something wrong in this specific area? Did we do a release recently that we need to look at again? Um, and in that field of of curiosity for me, I guess. Um, I know that when it comes to launching new product features, like we're always, as an, on the engineering side, always looking to make that as smooth, as productive, as efficient as possible. Um, but when it does happen that the customer experience doesn't quite go as planned when we launch something new or roll out an update, how does your team uh, champion the customer experience in that particular scenario? Can you tell me about what the process is when you have to like escalate an issue, for example? First off, I want to say that you're absolutely right. We we do everything that we can to make sure that whenever we make a change or roll out a new feature, that it, it is done smoothly. Because, of course, the change or the feature is, is all about helping the customer and making their life easier. But obviously, there, there are times when, okay, things don't necessarily go as planned. And there, there are... Um, there are things that we have in place to address such things. First off, first thing that we do is we launch things in a metered approach. 
So it's not like when we have something, it's boom, it goes out to the entire population. It'll go out to a, a smaller population, like a test group, and to make sure it's like, hey, are we, what happens with this, with this smaller group? Are we seeing anything? So that way, if something does happen, it's a lot easier to, to reel it in and to stop the bleeding and to cause the least amount of friction to our customer base as possible. Now, once that is, is done and it, it actually does go out, or even if, it, if we have problems with that metered approach, um, there are a lot of wheels that are set in motion when, when something is launched, from making sure that the digital assistant, it, that, that that's updated, making sure that our community pages are updated, making sure that our agents, they have their agent alerts. So we do all of these things to make sure that if a customer does have a question or something does go wrong, everybody is aware as best as possible. Everyone's aware of how to address that and how to answer the questions. But if it if it's something like something just goes way wrong, it's it's it, I don't I haven't seen that happen very often. But if there's a bug or or something along those lines, what we will do in that that case is uh, we will submit a work ticket. And I know on the inside we call it a Jira. We'll submit a submit a work ticket. And if it's depending upon the severity of it, we might actually. Uh, report it to IOC, which is the Incident Operations Center. And then once it's once it's submitted and we've 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 sounded the alarm and we've let everyone know who needs to know, hey, this is this is going on, and that the teams are aware of it and they start working on it because they start working on those things immediately. They start working on it immediately. Like I said, they it, every effort is done to make sure that the the we stop the bleeding for lack of a better term. But once, from from my perspective, once we let them know, like if it is something that that our team caught, and we do catch a lot of these often, because like I said, we're the ones who who are monitoring the the, the customer VOC. But sometimes it's also caught, could be caught by the agents, because the agents when they start getting phone calls, and if they're getting a lot of phone calls or a lot of chats about something, that's another way that we're alerted to the fact that there might be something going on. But once we've we've done that, and if it's an IOC that we have to submit, whatever the case may be, then my team will 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 continue to monitor, and we want to we work and partner with those who are working to fix it, and we really stay in close contact. We let them know, hey, yeah, we <laughs> like we let them know, hey, nope, the, there's still a lot going on out there. The customers are still talking about this. And the engineers will say, we've done this. Can you check that? And, and like I said, it is really a, a simpatico kind of relationship until we can see that the contacts have started to go down, that the customer friction has started to be alleviated, and then we can kind of, everybody can kind of breathe and relax. But when when we when there is a problem, I will say there is a lot of coming together and trying to figure it out from, from all ends. Yeah, I have to say that I've never been more impressed than the few times where we did have incidents and I was the engineer on call at the time. The hours that we spent in those uh, Zoom or blue jeans in the past also, those war rooms basically, where mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like I was like holding hands with the customer success specialist going like, what, what's it look like now? Oh, like, what kind of feedback <laughs> are you getting now? <laughs> is exactly it we just it. deployed this? <laughs> That's exactly how it is. It's really reassuring as an engineer to know that there's there's someone on the other end listening to the customers because we don't often get to talk to the customers every day. So having an advocate for the customer right there in the room with us reassures me at least that I'm at least implementing the features the way that 
should it should be handled for the best customer experience. Um, and I, you know, as a customer myself of various technical products, have been through a lot of different pains of my own as a consumer. Uh, I'm wondering if if you could talk to that person on the other side of the chat box who's like really frustrated and not having a good day. Well, what would you say to them? I can absolutely talk to that, and I want to say that I, like I said earlier, I read so many of these reviews, so many customer reviews, and. I think that there is a misconception sometimes that there is no one reading that. There is no one actually looking at it and that it just goes into this black hole. And what I would love for every customer listening to my voice to know is that there is a a dedicated team and our main goal, the whole reason we have a job at Intuit is to listen to you. It is to make sure that we understand you, that we hear you, and that we take that story, your story, and we report it back to everyone who develops the product. And we we're able to tell them, look, this is what our customer base, this is what they love, this is what they wish was different, and this is what they wish that they had. So we absolutely are here and we are listening to you. And I just want everyone to know that because I think sometimes people think that the company is so big and and there is no one really on the on the other end. And maybe we're just looking at, maybe they think we're just looking at the ratings that they give. No, we are actually reading those reviews and and building that customer empathy. That's that's huge here. That's huge here. And something else I want to share with you real quick is that we believe in one of our catchphrases is fall in love with the problem, not the solution. And basically what that means is if you fall in love with the solution, that you might stop looking for answers with that first solution you find. But because we believe in falling in love with the problem, we actually was like, okay, well, there's got to be another way to fix this. Well, there's got to be another way to fix this. We have a plan A, B, C, and D when when we look at something. So we truly believe in that and we definitely listen to you. And I just would like for the customers to to know that. It's so reassuring to hear that. that this is what I'll keep in mind the next time I'm on the other side of that chat box having a bad day. <laughs> that most likely, right, in, in, I think in many cases, it's probably not just into it, that there's a there's a customer success expert, there's a human being on the other side who is listening to you, that you're not just like one voice in a crowd of, of a cacophony, basically. Um, exactly. And it, it's reassuring as an engineer also to know that y'all are our touch point and you're there sort of keeping an eye out for our customers. It's really fun to hear your side of that equation. So thank you for sharing your experience with us. Um, and at this point, I'd like to actually, like we've heard a lot about your work, uh, but I'd like to hear about you personally, right? I know that you've written a book. Uh, please feel free to please tell us more about where we can find that book, what it's called, what you wrote about. Um, and I know you have a whole chapter in that book about your personal career journey and how you found yourself here at Intuit. So would you mind telling us a little bit more um, about how that journey looked like for you? Sure. It's my pleasure, actually. It was it started out as a sad story. I I was working someplace that I didn't really like, and turns out they um, they ended up letting me go, which was which was fine, which was fine. It, we just weren't weren't a good fit for each other, so no ill will there. But I found myself kind of floundering because I knew the the next place that I I went, I didn't want it to be. I didn't want it to be a temporary thing. I, I needed it to be a good fit. I wanted it to be someplace where I could be and and pour my all into. What happened was I, I got a call one day and it was to be a contractor for Intuit. 
And it was the last thing I wanted to do. I did not want to be a contractor. I was looking for a full-time job. I just wanted to have the weight of being unemployed lifted off my shoulders forevermore, not just taken off for six months because it was a six-month contract. But I was not in a position to, to, to turn down anything. And I hadn't even heard of Intuit. I mean, of course, I'd heard of TurboTax and I heard of QuickBooks, but I'm finding out I wasn't alone. There are a lot of people when I tell them I work for Intuit, they're like, what's that? And then I have to say TurboTax and they'll, they'll understand. So when I went in to interview, I was absolutely floored when I walked into the office we have here in Tucson. The basketball, the half basketball court, the cafeteria, the barista and the gym. And it's just, it was, I was like, seriously, people work here? Then I, I went to the orientation because I went to the same orientation that that normal, uh, that full-time Intuit employees go through. And that, that it was a wrap for me. I knew at that point in time, I said, I, I really want to work here. I want to be a part of this. This is, they've got something special going on. And I wasn't wrong. So my contract was six months. About a month before my contract was supposed to end, I, I, went, on, I went into the internal job postings, found a couple, uh, found like maybe three or four that I thought I'd be a good fit for, applied for them, and actually was made two offers. And I chose the job that I have now because while I knew it would utilize some of the skills that I already had in my arsenal, it was going to help me develop more. And it was going to push me outside of my comfort zone and it was going to challenge me and it was going to be rewarding because in this particular position with customer experience, I actually feel like I represent the customer and I get to have some say in the product. Like I, I am the customer in the meeting and it's like, no, 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 that's not what they're saying. Or, oh yeah, you, you're, you're right on the money with that one. So it was, that, so that's kind of my journey and how, how I ended up here. And, and I, I love it. <laughs> I resonate with so much of that story. I, it was the same way with me. I felt like there was something special here in the way that people worked together. Like, um, like for example, just now you were saying basically that you felt like your voice was actually being heard as the customer representative in the room. And I feel like that kind of alignment is something that Intuit really cares deeply about. Like no one really gets left behind or steamrolled over. Like that's just not something I really witnessed here. So it's really great to hear that you have felt like your work has been impactful and that you're really successfully representing the customer in those meetings. And in the in the book, because you, you did mention the book. So mm-hmm. I the book was published and, and released in July of last year, so in 2021. And there is a chapter in there called Charlie Brown, and it does talk about how I ended up at Intuit and, and, and just what a blessing it has been to be here. But uh, the book itself is, is more, it is a spiritual book. So obviously not sitting here to try to convert anyone or anything like that, but that is, that is my belief. And so when I wrote this book, it's called Living a Parable. And it's basically about how I am, I'm the oldest of five children, four girls, one boy, our brother's the youngest. And I, I talk about my experiences of being the oldest of five, because we have a lot of, as you can imagine, crazy stories. We we were compared to the Cosby kids in my family <laughs> when we were growing up. So I use stories from that time in my life as long, along with stories of being a mother and a wife and ha- use them to talk about how life and, and I'm going to say God is is teaching us lessons all the time, just in our everyday experiences, if we just take time out to 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 examine them and look into them a little bit. All right. And it, it actually was a, 
uh, it was a bestseller over the holidays on Amazon, and it's up for two awards right now. It's a finalist for two different awards. And um, I've sold, between sales and downloads, over about 3,000 copies so far. That is incredible. Congratulations. Oh, my Thank goodness. You. <laughs> All right. So... Thank you for telling us about your book and sharing so many personal details, especially. I really appreciate you being so open about that experience. Um, I'd like to wrap up our podcast with what we usually do at the end, which is like a little rapid fire portion. It's just three really short, quick questions. Um, Whatever comes off the top of your head is perfect. It's just for fun. So if you're ready, are you ready to go? All right. Here's the first question. What is your favorite comfort food? I don't have one because... When I need comfort, I don't eat. Food's on the last thing on my mind. I oh, so eat when I'm opposite. happy. Oh, there <laughs> yes. you go. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't have a comfort food. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a favorite Sounds food, good. french fries. That's always a very good one. <laughs> very reliable. <laughs> All right, next one. What is a piece of helpful advice you recently received? I was given this just a couple of days ago. I was having a bad day. And it had to do with the fact that I, I, I found out I'm pre-diabetic through no fault of my own. I try to take very good care of myself. And so I was a little bit down in the dumps. And she was telling me that what I had to do to make sure that I don't become diabetic was worth it. And she said, because there's work for me to do and I have to be fit in order to fulfill my destiny. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> You you can't fight back with that. I I had an attitude, but I just, (laughs) I want bubble gum. So anyway, I I had to cut out a lot of that stuff for right now. But that is it. I needed to be fit in order to fulfill my destiny. It's a good mindset. Good advice. All right. And the final one, who is your personal hero? That's easy. Jesus. He really is. He's my personal hero. So, I mean, your book is titled Living a Parable. I can definitely see that. All right. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for telling us about your customer success, success experience and journey. It's been just delightful to learn more about your job function, your experience getting here, what your day to day work is like. Like, I feel like we learned a lot today. So, thank you so much for the time that you took and the energy that you invested into making this interview possible. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I, I, I can't wait to share the link with my, with my family and friends. So thank you. Thanks again for listening to Tech Heroes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes so you don't miss out on any stories of amazing tech heroes. To be featured or to nominate a tech hero, email techheroes at intuit.com. To learn more about our careers at Intuit, visit intuit.com slash careers. Tech Heroes Podcast is powered by Intuit. Our mission is to power prosperity around the world. I'm Lucy Shen. We'll see you next time.